When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On today's Fancy Baseball in 15, we'll ask the question, can a pair of ties add up to a win in fantasy? Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not it. had the three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. It's Monday, August 23rd. I'm Al Melchior. I'm here with Derek Van Riper. And a lot to get to here on a Monday show. So let's get right to it. Uh, Nelson Cruz has been placed on the COVID IL, but perhaps going the other way uh, a little bit later this week. Cal Tucker could return within a few days for the Astros. Uh, possibly getting activated from the COVID IL. Mookie Betts is uh, going to play in a sim game on Monday, could return on Thursday though. So it seems like that keeps getting pushed back a couple of days at a time. So uh, we're not going to see a full week from Mookie Betts uh, this week. Julio Urias is on track to start for the Dodgers on Tuesday against the Padres in San Diego. So um, DVR, we're going to do what we typically do on the Monday show a little bit later on and talk about a, a bunch of players who may or may not come back this week and figure out how to deal with them in terms of a start-sit scenario. So let's start here with uh, Arias. Uh, would you feel safe starting him this week? I would. Uh, I, I think that's a, enough of a positive indication for him. And given that it's a, a leg injury and, and not something with his shoulder or his elbow, I'm a little more aggressive with injuries like that when we have to wait a day or two after lineups might lock to use a pitcher in a situation like that. So I'm in on Urias this week. All righty. A few injury notes here. Uh, Eduardo Escobar uh, left on Sunday against the Nationals with hamstring discomfort. So uh, no further information on how long he might be out for that. I guess uh, probably day-to-day situation for right now. Kwon Kyung Kim came off of the aisle for the Cardinals on Sunday, but moved to the bullpen. So the Cardinals picking up a couple of starters, uh, including uh, Jack Flaherty recently off of the IL. No need to put uh, Kim and, and stretch him back out uh, for a starting role again. Phillies optioned Alec Bohm to AAA Lehigh Valley, and the Pirates placed Gregory Polanco on waivers. So DVR, you and I, we talked a little bit about Yoshi Sutsugo on the Sunday uh, Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast. In fact, you had asked me, you know how I felt about picking him up, and I think one of the things I talked about was just not being sure about his playing time. So, do you think that uh, this is a more optimistic picture now with uh, Gregory Gregory Polanco being put on waivers? Yeah, definitely. One more spot certainly is a good thing. Curious to see how they make the pieces fit defensively, but if you think about where Satsugo has been, the Rays were the team that signed him out of Japan. The Dodgers were interested in him after the Rays let him go. Those two teams being in on him initially gives me a glimmer of hope that with more consistent playing time that we might still get 
some sort of useful production from Satsugo down the stretch. All righty. Uh, well, Miguel Cabrera finally hitting a, uh, a milestone that we've been waiting for a few days. Uh, he became the 28th player in Major League history to reach a total of 500 home runs. So um, Cabrera had been hitting pretty well, but uh, just more of a just a, a nice note to, to, to take note of. So uh, before we get on to some other performances from Sunday, a couple of bullpen notes. Michael Lorenzen getting a save for the Reds against the Marlins. Michael Givens had pitched on Friday and Saturday, so not necessarily much to see there. And kind of a similar situation for Toronto. Adam Simber coming in for a save situation against the Tigers. Uh, gave up a two-out Willie Castro double, which, you know, that if he had gotten the third out, he would have gotten the save there. But instead, you had uh, Taylor Saucedo coming in and blowing the save, although not necessarily of his own doing. Uh, Marcus Simeon with a bad throw to first base. Uh, so do we, in terms of Lorenzen and Simber, are these relievers that maybe are part of a mix at this point, or is this just really just that, you know, odd day where you had the the incumbent just not available? Both of these do feel like odd days. I mean, especially Cincinnati, where I think Michael Givens had four saves in the last uh, two or three weeks. Like He looked like he was kind of emerging as the primary option. They could always go to a committee because it's Cincinnati. Uh, but I think having seen Givens pitch on consecutive days Friday and Saturday, to me, that's the main reason why Lorenzen had that chance on Sunday. All right. Well, with no real uh, impactful bullpen development. So let's go to some of the hitters from Sunday. couple of ties, Tyler Naquin and Ty France with big games. Naquin with a couple of home runs against Marlins. He's now up to 18 on the season. And he's now got a 12-game hitting streak underway, which I have to admit, I didn't know until game number 12 that this was a thing for Tyler Naquin. So during that streak of uh, of games with hits, 21 for 46, that's a 457 average. And as impressive as it is to hit five home runs over that string of games, I'm more impressed by the fact that he's only struck out five times. So he's got, uh, with the Reds, three games at Milwaukee this week, three more now against the Marlins in Miami this time, widely available. So is this the time to go uh, try to pick up Naquin? If you go back to that 2019 season in Cleveland, the slash line was really similar then to what it is through this point in 2021. He's a solid source of batting average, good enough in OBP to be high on the order, and the power, especially now that he's in a park that boosts up home runs, it, it's legit 20 home run power with ease. So uh, I'm in on Aquin. I think he was a guy that probably fell a little bit further than he should in terms of deep league appeal during the offseason, in part because I think we've always wondered if he could just stay healthy for a full season. That's been a, a huge obstacle for him to this point in his career. Oh, it absolutely has. Uh, that one season with Cleveland where he actually got a, a fair amount of playing time, we did see some power from from Naquin. So I think, feel like we're getting a little validation here that, as you said, the power is legit. Ty France. Now, this is somebody that I've not really been expecting power from, but what you figure you would get from Ty France is also you know really useful in fantasy, uh, hitting for average, hitting uh, in a, a spot in the Mariners' order where he should produce some runs. You know that that should be enough right there. I wonder if there's more though. DVR. So France going two for five with his fifteenth home run against the Astros on Sunday in the second half. I mean, this is now an extended hot streak for Ty France. Forty nine for one thirty seven since the All Star break for a three fifty eight average with seven home runs now since the break. So that's definitely a, a better pace than he had been on in the first half. Also striking out considerably less. I think he's had two days off all season. There's a stint where he didn't play for 
what looks like a 10-day window where he's probably on the IL back in May. I don't have him anywhere. Or if I have him anywhere, it's in a deep enough league where I just replaced him and it was drafted hold or something. But I'm stunned that he's played this much and he's been this productive and he's been right in the heart of that order. If you go back, I think every game since June 17th, Ty France has hit third or fourth for the Mariners. So plenty of opportunities to drive in runs. Uh, just a really good, consistent offensive player and a guy that I overlooked a little bit, even though our friend Nando Defino, time and time again, <laughs> told us, hey, be interested in Ty France. He can he can do it if the playing time is there. And it's, it's come at the expense of you know Dylan Moore and eventually an Evan White injury, of course, opened up first base. But uh, I'm, I'm impressed by what he's done this year. Yeah, maybe another gear. Time will tell. But uh, like I said, just even with what uh, you could expect from him, rightfully uh, a, a valuable player. Uh, Odubel Herrera with a big game for the Phillies, four for five with his 11th home run and 19th double of the season against the Padres. I don't know that we can really expect him to play much, if at all, against lefties. So uh, I think this coming week, that doesn't necessarily make him somebody to you know run out and get into your, your lineup. But uh, what sort of appeal does Herrera have for you? Yeah, still at least in 14-team leagues and deeper, but maybe even in 12s when the schedule is more righty-heavy, he would make sense if you're just looking for some outfield help from a guy that can offer up a little bit of everything. All right. Yeah, that's the sort of profile that you would get there. Nicky Lopez, maybe not so much. Certainly not expecting much power from him, but he has just been stealing a lot of bases lately. So even though we've talked about him on a couple of recent episodes, it felt like it was fair to keep him among the standouts for Sunday just because he he continues to steal bases. So two for three with uh, a couple of walks in Sunday's game against the Cubs. And yes, his 18th stolen base of the season. So uh, over roughly the last week or so, he's uh, 11 for 26 with a home run in there and eight stolen bases in about a week's time. So what is he like Nick Madrigal with less hit tool? Like what is Nicky Lopez going forward? I, well, actually, I you know I looked at it a little while ago before this binge of, of stolen bases. And I actually, that was kind of the comp I came up with. I don't know that uh, he's necessarily that far behind Madrigal in terms of the hit tool. So, I, you know, I think he's a little underrated. Let's just take a look at one more hitter here, Dalton Varsho, three for four against the Rockies at Coors Field on Sunday, his eighth homer, uh, a triple, and for good measure, his ninth double. No single for the cycle, though, so 10 for his last 20 with three home runs and the stolen base. But will Varsho play enough to really matter from here on out? I keep thinking they have to play him a lot because he's a huge part of their future, and I think they can move him around enough defensively where he doesn't have to be behind the plate to get that playing time. But if you look at the recent game log, it's almost one on one off pretty consistently. I don't really understand why they're not pushing him out there more. I hope they play him more because he's been great since the all-star break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
All right. Well, this has been kind of a hitter heavy discussion so far, but let's talk about a few pitchers, just lump them together here. Vladimir Gutierrez with a great start against the Marlins, and it's really been an extended string for him. Seven quality starts out of his last eight, and not just barely quality starts, two runs or less in those seven out of his last eight games. Carlos Hernandez, we've talked about him a lot recently on various podcasts. Good start against the Cubs, as you would expect. Seven innings, just one run allowed, eight strikeouts. Kyle Gibson maybe turning it back around. Good start against the Padres, one run allowed in eight innings. And Taylor Widener starting to put a little string together. And this one at at Coors Field against the Rockies, one run over five innings, although five walks to go with five strikeouts. So who's really intriguing you from Gutierrez, Hernandez, Gibson, and Widener? Really the first two, Gutierrez gets the Marlins again, I believe, this week. So another good matchup for him. I think you want to take advantage of that. And Hernandez... You know, facing the Mariners next weekend, he's had a really tough stretch of schedule prior to getting the Cubs on Sunday. And, and Seattle, of course, is a, a soft landing spot, as we said on the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast, because that Mariners team has been just brutal at home this season. Yeah, that they have, and consistently so. So not a lot of streamers to talk about for Monday, uh, but uh, a couple definitely worth talking about. A third I'm just going to toss in there. Daniel Lynch at Houston. So tough matchup, but Lynch pitching better of late. Marco Gonzalez, kind of the same deal. Tough matchup at Oakland, but uh, definitely trending upward. And I'm just going to include Umberto Mejia, who's going to make his season debut for the Diamondbacks on Monday, but it's at Pittsburgh. And TVR, you and I on the Sunday show talked about uh, how good it is and how fun it can be to uh, stream against Pittsburgh. So I figured I'd test the limits there and toss Mejia in as well. Yeah, Mejia, I think, you know, has pitched pretty well at AAA recently. He's getting deep enough into starts, not worried about volume. If he's pitching well, he can go as far into that game as he leads himself. So uh, no real worries there. I, I actually think I like him definitely more than Lynch, but maybe even more than Gonzalez because Gonzalez just doesn't miss that many bats and Oakland is a sneaky, dangerous offense. So I think if you said you could only have one, Mejia probably gets the nod for me out of that group. Wow. Okay. Well, glad I included him in there. Uh, Definitely worth considering. And uh, as promised earlier, let's just talk about a number of players who are sort of questionable for this week, but but could return. Francisco Lindor may be back on Tuesday. Uh, Same for Alex Bregman, Tuesday or possibly Wednesday. Dylan Carlson, possibly Tuesday, uh, although has only been swinging from the left side so far. Tim Anderson's missed the last two games for the White Sox with leg soreness. Uh, so let's start with just those hitters, Lindor, Bregman, Carlson, Anderson. Anybody you're afraid to start this week? I think Bregman only because of the the path to this point. I'm truly afraid to start without the green light that he's actually active and back in the lineup. I would say the others I'm generally a little more optimistic on as a group. All right. And I'm going to throw one more hitter in there just as a matter of matchups, not a matter of health. But Jared Walsh, really, really struggling lately. Weird schedule for the Angels. Only five games, but all really great matchups. Three at Baltimore, two against the Padres, where they're going to get a bullpen game and Reese Kinnair. So um, sit or start for for Walsh. Oh, it's a start for me. That's a get well schedule if there ever was one. All right, even with five games. And let's uh, turn our attention to some pitchers. Carlos Rodon could get the ball on Thursday, but tough assignment at Toronto. Not that we really care about matchups with Rodon, but uh, maybe more just questionable about whether he makes the start. You Darvish possibly starting on Tuesday against the Dodgers would be a one-start week for him at best. Uh, Ian Anderson maybe coming back this week, but not clear when and if. And Kenta Maeda, um, currently termed day to day with forearm tightness, came out of his start on Saturday against the Yankees early, but at least tentatively still lined up to face the Brewers on Saturday. 
Yeah, I think that group, for the most part, I'm just in on them across the board, with the exception of Maeda. I, I, he hasn't been right anyway. At the Yankees, I mean, that was a tough spot for him this weekend. Hopefully, he had him on the bench when things went wrong for him. But because it's an arm injury, we're always worried about his health from that perspective anyway. I'd be very careful about throwing him against the Brewers if he makes that start. All right. So a lot to think about there as you set your lineups and rotations, but that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. So if you do have a moment before you set those lineups to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, we'd be very appreciative of that. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Tuesday. Mm -hmm.